Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Tom Hartman Program. And greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth and justice, believers in peace, freedom and the American way. Tom Hartman here with you. The rant that I would like to share with you, to present with you, is the story of the Republican Party's uh, paraphrasing Steve Bannon, flood the zone with crap race strategy. They think they've got this thing figured out. The Republicans, they have tried dozens of things that they can, you know, throw against Democrats over the last year and a half. There was, uh, you know, Mr. Potato Head and there were, I mean, I mean, there's just been like this continuous stream of, you know, outrage and freak out and, you know, trying things on, for example. And now I think that they've got one that they're really deciding to use. And it's this whole critical race theory thing and the use of critical race theory by Republicans as an attack tool is not something new. And this is the amazing thing. I think, you know, a lot of people think that it is, oh, you know, where'd this come from? Uh, what's, what's this all about? Well, back in 2012, when Barack Obama was president, leading up to the midterm elections, as Spencer Silva points this out over a national memo, he said, there are even similarities in the dark money behind the 2012 and 2021 efforts the efforts to use critical race theory to attack Democrats. Robert Mercer, advised by Bannon, who became executive chairman of Breitbart after Andrew Breitbart's death, infamously financed Andrew Breitbart's early smear campaigns. His daughter, Rebecca, has donated large sums of money to two think tanks that seem to be behind the newest weaponization of critical race theory. Bannon, for his part, is now predicting, now, now this is back now to 2021, is now predicting the current anti-critical race theory campaign will not only win the House of Representatives back for Republicans in 2022, but will also prove to be a right-wing presidential winner in 2024. End of quote from National Memo by Spencer Silva. This is what they're doing. There is this strategy, system, for influencing people, for changing opinions, that the Rand Foundation actually did a rather substantial white paper on Sometime back, the title of the piece that the Rand Corporation did was titled The Russian Firehose of Falsehood Propaganda Model. And uh, Steve Bannon calls it, you know, a, a firehose of the S word of crap. Rand's researchers said that if this is going to work, if you're going to try and use this strategy, it has to be a firehose, it can't be a single channel. This is quoting from the Rand Report study. Quote, high volume and multi-channel, two of the distinctive features are high numbers of channels and messages and a shameless willingness to disseminate partial truths or even outright fictions, end of quote from the Rand Report. Additionally, the research is a Rand Report. The lie and all the information backing it up must be presented with a media effort that is, quote, rapid, continuous, and repetitive, end quote. In this way, they essentially seize control of the zone of information around the topic, regardless of how many times people deny it or try to explain it or try to say, no, I'm not a, a villain. It's really quite amazing. And if you got this op-ed, by the way, that I pushed it out this morning from HartmanReport.com, 
In the article, there's a sentence that says, on the sloppy racist side, cartoonishly photoshopped phony pictures of obese black women telling white people they're all racists are popping up on conservative blogs all across the internet. Take a look at this, this picture. Just click on that link. Um, it is, it looks like, it purports to be kind of a classroom with a bunch of white adults sitting, watching a very, very, very large black woman standing next to a, a couple of flip charts. And one of those flip charts says, all white people are racist in giant letters. And then it says, PayPal me at a Ashley the Lion, uh, AshleySchackelford.com. So it's got all that as if that's her name. And by the way, if you go to that website, it, it, it's been seized up by somebody who redirects you to an advertising site in order to make money. So there is no such site. And then the other flipboard is, says diversity, intersectionality, minorities, equality, equity, people of color, safe space, white privilege, capitalism, racism. Like it's some kind of a class, right? But it's just, it's, you know, it's just totally photoshopped. And this is the cartoon vision that the Republicans are trying to sell to white Americans that basically black people are coming to instruct your children that they should feel terrible about the color of their skin. This is literally what these guys are saying. And Steve Bannon, just you know, a couple of weeks ago, he said, this critical race theory thing is to the Tea Party, the 10th power. This isn't Q. This isn't mainstream suburban moms. A lot of these people aren't even Trump voters who are flipped out about it. The Cleveland Plain Dealer newspaper, for example, points out that this school system near Cleveland, Rocky River, had a ballot initiative to raise a very slight raise in local, uh, you know, millage taxes, property taxes to help pay for fixing the school up. And this guy, Tom Zawistowski, a Republican who is in tight with the, uh, the Koch brothers' efforts to rewrite the Constitution and a leader of the Ohio Tea Party, he did this robocall into this school district. And this is what the robocall said. The district's teachers, staff, and administrators want to implement the racist, anti-American, nonsensical, critical race theory which indoctrinates your children and grandchildren with race-based hate of white people, of American history, and of capitalism. Now, as you probably already figured out, none of that is true. The critical race theory doesn't teach any of those things. But the fact of the matter is, hey, it's got the word critical, which sounds, uh, you know, critical. It's got the word race, which Republicans, I mean, you know, hey, this has been their strategy. Richard Nixon in 68, law and order and the Southern strategy. Make white people afraid of black people. It got him elected twice. And then you got Ronald Reagan with uh, his whole thing about the welfare, the black welfare queens, and that young buck using food stamps to buy a steak in front of you in line, and stuff like that. Reagan, you know, openly, nakedly racist. And then George Herbert Walker Bush with his Willie Horton ads. And then George W. Bush with his Muslims going to come get you, and you know they're not white people. And then you got Donald Trump with his Mexican racists pulling out. I mean, the Republican Party has been using this strategy successfully to win elections, you know, because 70% roughly of the electorate is white. They have been using this strategy uh, since 1968 to win elections by scaring the crap out of white people that black people are coming to get them or they're going to burn down their city or they're going to rape their daughters or, I mean, fill in the blanks, right? Which is it going to be? Or murder their daughters in the case of the Willie Horton ads or Dukakis's wife. You now have 23 states where banning the teaching of critical race theory, which is not taught in one single public school in America. There's not a school in America, a public school. You, you may find you know, colleges where this is discussed, but in terms of public education, nobody's teaching critical race theory. This is an academic, this is like teaching molecular physics. If there is such a thing. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's just not happening. But 23 Republican-controlled states have passed laws that have been signed by governors to ban the teaching of critical race theory that's not even being taught. And as I said, they tried doing this in 2012 against Obama. 
the fire hose strategy didn't work. And so they're trying it again. And, you know, as the Washington Post pointed out, they said the term critical race theory was mentioned just 132 times on Fox News in the entire year of 2020. Right. They're just kind of keeping it alive and popping it up from time to time and testing what works and what doesn't until they finally figured out the lies that they could tell about critical race theory so that they could turn it into Lex Luthor. They could turn it into the Joker. They could turn it into Kryptonite. So they could turn it into the great evil thing that the Democrats are using against America. Now, in 2021, we're six months into the, into the seven months into the year. It's been mentioned 1,860 times. Yesterday, between sunrise and 2 p.m., Justin Barragona of the Daily Beast counted 123 mentions of critical race theory just on Fox. This is what they're trying to do to win elections. This is their strategy. And frankly, it is pure racism, and it needs to be called out as such. I really think that the way that the Democrats fight this, and if you have a, a better idea about how to fight this whole meme that the Republicans are rolling out, rather than sitting around going, well, let me explain to you a critical, nobody wants to hear the explanation. That brand is dead and the GOP is dancing on its graves. Instead, if Democrats want to fight back, in my opinion, what they need to be saying is, hey, this whole phony critical race theory thing that the Republicans are all hysterical about, this is just the same thing as the Nixon Southern strategy. This is just the same thing as Trump with his Mexican racists. This is the same thing as George Herbert Walker Bush with Willie Horton. This is another Republican attempt to use racist smears to scare white people into voting for Republicans. It's just that simple. And the Democratic Party needs to be saying this, needs to be doubling down on it, it needs to be repeating it over and over and over again. Because if they don't, the Republicans actually are gonna get away with it. The big players are in on this now. Heritage Foundation, one of the people from Heritage said, this will be bigger than the Tea Party. Well, you know what the Tea Party did? It, you know, we lost Congress in the 2010 election because of the Tea Party. They're planning. We got to react. This is the Tom Hartman program. So what do you think is the best strategy to fight back against the so-called flood the zone with crap strategy of Steve Bannon? Mike Pompeo echoing, I, you know, everybody's getting in on this act, right? Pompeo, the former right-wing congressman, remember the House of Representatives, then uh, Trump put him in as Secretary of State. And now he's claiming that it's dangerous to teach that America's founding was racist. Verbatim, quote, if we teach that the founding of the United States of America was somehow flawed, that it was corrupt, it was racist, that's really dangerous. It strikes at the very foundations of our country. Right. People on social media are making fun of him for saying this. But, you know, I think it raises an important question. And frankly, an important issue. Which is, how does a country improve? How do we solve the vestiges of not just institutional racism, it's almost too soft a word and it kind of describes today, but just the raw brutality of the genocide of the Native Americans and attempted genocide and the enslavement of millions of human beings over hundreds of years, you know, rape, torture, lynching, generation after generation of people you know, living in terror, families torn apart. How do we deal with the aftermath of that? Here we are, you know, it's like a hurricane went through, you know, and, and debris is everywhere. What do you do? Do you just pretend like it's not there? Do you just sit around and go, oh yeah, sitting here on the front porch, sure looks nice to me out there. Or do you go out and you start cleaning up the situation? 
And this is, by and large, what both Democrats and academics have been saying, is we need to clean this up. And Republicans are now saying, no, we don't want to clean it up. And why would they not want to clean it up? Well, because it was always about white supremacy. It was always about keeping power in America in the hands of white people exclusively. And whiteness has been redefined over and over and over again, although Virginia was really the first back in the early 1700s and the late 1600s to essentially invent this thing called whiteness and put it into law in ways that other states would emulate so that by the 1760s, it was a well-established thing as a way of getting even poor whites to side with wealthy whites over people who are not white. If we don't recognize this, if we don't come to terms with it, we're going to continue to suffer from it. It hurts us all. It hurts our country when some of us don't have access to the same resources and opportunities and, and, and frankly, just quality of life that the rest of us have. There has to be this clean baseline for life in America. And regardless of who you are, where you came from, and this was our founding ideal, but we, we are certainly still a long way from there. And Republicans want to keep us a long way from there. And they're going to do everything they can possible to keep us from doing anything, you know, moving forward. I mean, here you've got H.R. 1, the For the People Act, and the John Lewis Voting Act, H.R. 4, that would not entirely, but largely undo the damage the Roberts Supreme Court has done to the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act, and make it easier for people to vote, and make it harder to use the mechanisms of government to rig elections to the benefit of the Republican Party, or any, any party. Frankly, I mean, Democrats are giving up their ability, for example, to gerrymander blue states in exchange for ending the ability of Republicans to gerrymander red states, which, you know, is a pretty reasonable thing, I think. The problem is Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema right now. Joan McCarter over at Daily Kos had a fascinating piece yesterday about how, you'll recall, yesterday I shared with you how Kirsten Sinema is just tanking in the polls. Her Democratic colleague, the, you know, there's two senators from Arizona, Sinema and Kelly. And Mark Kelly has an approval rating like in the 70s among Democrats. Kirsten Sinema, uh, it's not even hitting 50%, it's like 47%. And it's because she's been working against Democratic interests and she's, and she's openly, you know, she, she, See, apparently she saw this whole John McCain maverick thing. And what she failed to understand was that John McCain was a maverick in a party that was committed to corrupting and degrading America. John McCain disagreed with some of the militaristic policies. He disagreed with, well, you know, he, he was the one who refused to end Obamacare for example, because he thought his party was wrong on this. So he was a little mavericky, but he was mavericky in ways that generally benefited the people. Kirsten Sinema, on the other hand, decided that she would show her mavericky stripes by doing the thumbs down on raising the minimum wage. Really? So apparently her PR flax have gotten wind of the fact that she's melting in the public opinion polls in Arizona. And so they got uh, the Associated Press, Lisa Mascaro and uh, Nicholas Riccardi, two reporters over at the Associated Press, to write a puff piece about her. And it's out now, you can read it. You know, it's all over the internet. They say, she is modeling her approach on the renegade style of Arizona Senator John McCain, who died in 2018 and was known for his willingness to reach across the aisle. Well, that wasn't his mavericky part of it. It was his willingness to defy his own party when they were demonstrably wrong. And then they quote her, this noble statement, Kirsten Cinema. 
It's the easiest thing in the world for politicians to declare bipartisanship dead and line up on the respective sides of a partisan battle. What's harder is getting out of our comfort zone, finding com common ground with unlikely allies and forming coalitions that can achieve durable, lasting results. Right. That's what you're doing? Really? When did that work? Seriously? The entire story only quotes one Democrat, but it, it quotes all kinds of Republicans. Former Republican legislative colleague Steve Yarborough giving her high praise. Given how smart and driven she is, it doesn't surprise me at all she's doing so well. A Republican colleague represented Patrick McHenry, McHenry of North Carolina. People may doubt her sincerity, but the truth is she makes an active decision that she's going to work well with people, and I haven't seen her slip up. Senator John Thune of South Dakota. Kirsten is always honest and straightforward, two often underrated qualities that are the mark of a successful legislator. You would think that her PR person would be smart enough that, you know, when you're spoon-feeding a story to the Associated Press, you don't want it to be all Republicans who are quoted in the story about how wonderful a Democratic senator is. We'll see how this plays out. Somebody called yesterday and said, you know, she's not trying for re-election. She's up for re-election in 2024. That that's not her goal right now. That her goal is to get, you know, a $5 million a year job as a, as a lobbyist working for Grover Norquist, something like that. I don't know, maybe. Or maybe she just thinks people's memories are short. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archive. If so, she wouldn't be the first politician to have made a bet on the short memories of Americans and to have won that bet. The Republicans are just coming right out and saying this. You will recall that, you know, during the last couple of years of the Obama administration, I think you could argue successfully that this is one of the things that made it easier for Donald Trump and the Russians to basically get close enough to snatch the election in 2016 was that, uh, you know, Obama and his agenda were essentially paralyzed. Every day, every weekday over at Democratic Underground, they put up a, a little meme, you know, a, a graphic. And the one today is just absolutely brilliant. The headline says, after four years of chaos and the inability to get stuff done, America will be thrilled to learn that the Republican midterm plan is 18 more months of chaos and the inability to get stuff done. And then they've got an actual quote from an actual congressman. This was Chip Roy. He's a Republican from Texas. He was speaking in front of a group called the Patriot Voices on June 29th of this year, just a, a week or so ago. And this is what he said. And this, I think, you know, and he was, he wasn't explicitly speaking on behalf of the Republicans in Congress, but uh, you know, the, the, he was, he's certainly informed as to their strategy, which is what he was sharing with the people at Patriot Voices. He said, quote, honestly, right now, for the next 18 months, our job is to do everything we can to slow all of that down, to get to December of 2022, 18 more months of chaos and the inability to get stuff done. And they're doing it. I mean, they, they have taken at least three months out of the Senate schedule by having these phony baloney negotiations with Joe Manchin and the problem solvers and the, you know, on, on everything from infrastructure to, I mean, just quack, 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 right? The entire strategy is burned through time. Louise and I finished uh, watching the end of the Tudors last night, the T-U-D-O-R-S, the Showtime show about Henry VIII. And toward the end, he's an old man and he's dying. And he says to this guy, what's the one thing that when it's taken away from you can never be returned? And the guy says, your honor. And he says, no, no, you can redeem your honor through good deeds. And the guy says, your reputation. He says, no, no, you can do the same. And so the guy says, well, what is it? And Henry VIII says, time. You can never get time back. Well, that's the game Mitch McConnell is playing with Chuck Schumer right now. You're listening to the Tom Hartman Program. Call 202-808-9925. So how do we best combat this? How do you think it's going to play out? Do you think the Republicans are going to get away with it? Are white people really that gullible? Seems like it. And Gabby in Barstow, California. Hey, Gabby, thanks for watching us on YouTube. What's on your mind today? 
Well, I'm calling about the teaching of American history in the school systems, even here in California. I have a 15-year-old who, of course, knew about the Holocaust, has known about because I've taken to different museums, and we've learned about it and read about things. But we have had internment camps here in America, and my daughter was never taught about that, what we've done to Asian Americans, what we did to the indigenous people when we first came in to the country. Um, And I feel that if we don't know our past, we are doomed to to repeat it. It's almost like a 12-step program this country needs to go through for everyone to realize that we're just part of a human race, and we need to get over this division in America if they really want to step over. I, the, the, I, it's just, it's aggravating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's no, I, I completely get it. Um, I, it was during the, um, oh, I'm forgetting, it wasn't the Abe administration, it was the guy before Abe in Japan, uh, uh-huh. the, the very, very conservative prime minister, that they basically, I don't know if they stopped it altogether, but they slowed down substantially or reduced the uh, teaching of the horrors that the Japanese inflicted on the Chinese, the rape of Nanking, for example, uh, in their elementary right. schools. And as a con- and that was about a generation ago. And so now you're seeing a rise of right-wing nationalism in Japan. In Germany, I know back in the 1980s when I lived in Germany and our daughter was in the German high school, the gymnasium, uh, they were aggressively teaching the history of the Holocaust in Germany. I, I can't you know, I don't know that they're not still doing that. I'm guessing that they still are, but you're seeing, you know, a rise of, of uh, you know, the neo-Nazis now in Germany. And they're ignorant, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and I don't know if that has to do with the change in their, in their education systems or not. I don't know if they have the, the equivalent of, you know, the German equivalent of people saying, oh, we don't want to hear about Hitler anymore, uh, just like the Republicans are saying, we don't want to hear about slavery anymore. Um, I'm guessing right. there's some element of that, and it's probably happening more at the local level. Although the German school mm-hmm. system tends to be a little more federalized than here in the United States, but I, well, I, it goes I along with go ahead separating a church and state. Everybody wants to have prayer, and that's not always there either. You know, yeah. maybe some logic. It would be good if everybody just do unto others. That's the only rule. You know, do unto, mm-hmm. if you don't want somebody treating you like crap, or you don't want to be a slave to someone else. You shouldn't think it bad about learning about it. Who did? Yeah, yeah, the you golden know? rule it's, is a good one. That's that's it, and it's not in the Bible. Everybody says it's in the Bible. It's like, no. <laughs> well, there. there's, a, there's a, you know, not literally in that language, but there is a, a place where essentially Jesus says to, to uh, uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Um, right. So, you know, it's, but it's, it's a, yeah, it's the golden rule. Yeah. And I, I, I just, that's all. I just hope people teach their children history because we're doomed to repeat it. And I refuse to let this be repeated. It's, yeah. it's really difficult. But I well, have to we all. This was a very, you know, a, a very strategic decision made, uh, you know, by, I was going to say the Jewish community. I'm not sure there's any one such thing, but, you know, to make sure that the Holocaust is never forgotten. There are Holocaust museums right. all around the world. Um, Native Americans are starting to do the same thing, documenting the Holocaust against Native Americans. We're starting to see, you know, for example, some plantations starting to document the horrors of slavery. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, and and they're becoming uh, tourist destinations, particularly for African Americans. I think those are all, you know, good steps in the right direction. We need to go a whole lot farther, though. Gabby, thanks for the call. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Andrew in Seattle. Hey, Andrew, what's up? 
Hey there, Tom. Hey, so I just wanted to give you a response to, uh, you know, trying to have a solution to what we should do about these governors and senators just not being willing or uh, enacting the laws again. 23 um, states now have laws banning the teaching of something that is not being taught in any public schools in America. It's bizarre. I mean, even if it was, it's, I mean, it's out of control that they're doing this. I mean, essentially any politician that that actually is more concerned with what their voters think than who's paying them needs to just they just need to call them out. Just call them bigots. Yeah. Just to say these people are bigots. Yeah. Well, I that's mean, what I recommend in my article is that, the, is that the Democrats need to go on the offense and say, you know, the Republicans are always using racism. They're always trying to terrify white people about minorities, whether it was George W. Bush and Muslims and Reagan and first Bush with black people or whether it was Donald Trump with Mexicans. They're always trying to terrify white people about people who aren't white and they're doing it again with this phony baloney uh, hysteria that's all puffed up about this this made-up critical race theory uh, boogeyman that they have created. And, and I mean, it goes that, beyond just critical race theory, too. I mean, it goes into, I mean, it's like Mitch McConnell pretty much spending his entire career is just pretty much based on standing in the way of getting anything done in this country. I mean, the, the, I mean a lot of the callers keep trying to figure out what's going on with the Democratic Party, their branding. Like, what are they doing? Like, maybe they just need to stop being concerned about using legalese and using their political speech and just being straightforward and just calling these guys out and just being straightforward and just saying, like, these guys will not play ball. They do not want to have anything to do with actually doing anything, like, you know, being positive, making things happen. Well, this is what Chip Roy just said. He just said, you know, the next 18 months, we are trying to slow things down and make sure that nothing gets done. Uh, You know, I mean, he literally just came right out and said it, the the verbatim quote. Honestly, right now, for the next 18 months, our job, he's referring to the Republican caucus in Congress, our job is to do everything we can to slow all of that down to get to December of 2022. 18 more months of chaos and the inability to get stuff done. That's what we want. End quote. I think that just, I think our senators... Our senators, our Congress people, they need to just like stand on a soapbox, get in front of a camera and just say these people do not want to they don't want to do what they're they don't want to do their jobs. Yeah. And they're just like essentially say they're more concerned about with who's lining their pockets than with what trying to actually do anything for the people and the people that are. I don't know. It's just I mean, it's just. And they're trying to scare people with phony, phony uh, scandals. And that's that's what it's all about. Andrew, well said. Thank you, Jonathan in Minneapolis. Hey, Jonathan, what's up? Hey, you know, I would, cinema has been such a headache. I was a supporter when she started out. She was like Green Party and progressive, I think, in the beginning. And now it's just she's such a headache. She wants to protect the filibuster. But I've, I've been trying to Google it. Has she ever enacted the filibuster to protect us? Has she ever invoked it? To the best of my knowledge, not. Yes. Uh, although that would have required her to be in, the, in a minority Congress. And I'm not sure that that's ever been the case. I'd have to go back and look. Yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, all she's doing, in fact, in this article, in this uh, puff piece article about her, they talk about how she talks to Mitch McConnell on the phone every week. Really? I mean, really? You going to do this? Really? Uh, it's amazing. Jonathan, thank you. Uh, Denise in Rocky Gap, Virginia. Hey, Denise, what's on your mind? Oh, Tom, this critical race theory stuff. I'd never heard of critical race theory until just a couple of months ago. Nobody Who else Who has? And, um, Outside of academia. Uh, yeah, outside of academia. Um, in 2005, my mother died, and I'm just now going through her books. And in there, she kept my fourth-grade Virginia history book. And I opened it up, and I was just like, oh, my God, what were they teaching me at 10 years old? They had the statues in there. They had the glorification of the Civil War. They had a false story about Molly Tynes. And all the history was just just bogus. And this is what they want to go back to. Pompeo's right. statement, he wants to go back to that whitewashed history. When I read that book, I just was thinking, God, I can I remember black children being in my classroom, some of my best friends, what they must have thought about themselves reading that book. Is yeah. that what they want to go back to? It's just insane. Yeah, I read part of one of those uh, books from the 1950s on the air two weeks ago. And, and, you know, and if, if you heard it, it was about how the slave owners protected their slaves and took good oh, care yeah, of them. Oh, yeah, and had a barbecue. Because, yeah, mm-hmm. had a barbecue. That was in this one, too. And yeah. uh, the thing of it is, is this book was used until the 80s in some counties in Virginia. Yeah. As a Virginia history book taught fourth graders. Yeah, I'm not surprised. 
And, yeah, and, and, and you know, and this is why uh, uh, this kind of ties into after the 1954 Brown versus Board of Education decision, uh, you had entire school districts, you know, Prince George's, Maryland, entire school districts that shut down for a whole year. You had these yeah. white so-called academies, whites only academies opening all across the South uh, to, yeah. to, to replace public schools. I mean, it was, uh, yeah. you know, there's this massive resistance that was declared by these white racist Southern legislators uh, was a thing. I mean, it was a real thing, and it lasted well over a decade. The echoes of it last to this day with Jerry Falwell's Liberty University and Bob Jones University and, and you know, all yep. kinds of little, you know, white, uh, largely whites-only uh, private schools. And, and, yep. and, and another echo of it is Betsy DeVos's efforts to destroy public education and replace it all with entirely privatized schools. Um, and, you know, that goes back to those race... Uh, battles or debates or issues or whatever you want to call them uh, at the same time. Denise, excellent. Thank you very much for the call. Robin in Kingston, Washington. Hey, Robin, what's on your mind today? I think that Democrats actually have a wedge, two wedge issues for 2022, which I, like you, am very, very concerned about uh, the 2022 midterms. Uh, um, and I'm in a major defense um, mode and just building coalitions to do that. Um, so I don't agree with the current Democratic consultants that the economy is going to be the big issue in 2022. Uh, I, I just don't think that's going to be it. And now you're talking about, you know, this race card, which they've tried before. And, and I think we're, you know, it's going to be too weak, but I'm not betting on it. And here are the two wedge issues that I think that the Democrats can vote against, because Dems don't usually vote for things. They vote against things. And, and this is such a rare opportunity for a red, wed, two red wedge issues. We can actually, the Democrats can vote against the Republicans creating and, and implementing voting restrictions. That's a wedge issue uh, directed at yeah, that's the, kind of the, the middle. Act. Yes, most Democrats voting rights act. Yeah, and we and so we can say, hey, wait a minute, Republicans are, are against voting, so we can go against them for that. And then the other one, the troubling issue is that there are two Repu Republican groups. I'm going to call them, and uh, that's the kind of mainstream Republicans, although they're in hiding. And then the other is the insurrectionists. Now, that's another group of Republicans and Republican uh, politicians who are calling that to be just a normal, you know, uh, normal type of a, of a visit to the Capitol. But it wasn't. It was insurrection. So that's another thing that I think we as Democrats can appeal to the middle ground saying, wait a minute, that was a Republican-owned insurrectionist issue. So those are my two positive ways to maybe change something. Well, those are both on Nancy Pelosi's schedule. And and you'll recall, you know, Kevin McCarthy back, uh, you know, what, seven years, seven, seven eight years ago, uh, uh, you know, going into uh, heading toward 2016. I think this was before uh, Hillary Clinton had nailed down the primary even, but, but basically said, uh, you know, we've got the Benghazi investigations, we've got the email investigations, we're doing these things in Congress, we're, we're basically, you know, some of this mud is going to stick on Hillary Clinton and she's not going to become president. And that was his whole shtick. And, and uh, you know, turnabout is fair play here. Yeah, okay. And I just want to, I know Democratic strategists listen to your show, and I'm just saying the history of midterms is the Democrats don't show up very often for the midterms, and I think they can be riled up enough about both the, you know, the Republican Party trying to limit our voting rights, and then the Republican Party saying the I get it, at, at those uh, both being negatives. I do think, though, uh, uh, and, and I would challenge you on this, that Democrats do vote for things. I mean, you know, that that's how we got the, you know, the uh, uh, Save GM sure. and 800,000 monthly job losses reversed and the Wall Street reform. Sure. I mean, yeah, we've yeah. Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security. I mean, we've gotten all kinds of things. Robin, I got to run, but thank you for the call. How do Democrats do this? How do they finesse it? How are and are Republicans going to be successful with this whole critical race theory hysteria or is it going to burn out? 
I don't know. We'll see. Step by step. Vicki in Chicago. Hey, Vicki, what's on your mind? Hi, Tom. Yeah, so the thing is, I got a really disturbing phone call this morning from my brother, who's a certified teacher in Illinois, working in IT now because of the situation with education. And they're not playing with the CRT business. He called me because they've filed a civil rights discrimination lawsuit in Cook County to teachers through some legal organization called the Southeastern States Legal something or other, alleging discrimination against two white teachers, saying that critical race theory has been used in the system there for many years, that they're separating students and teachers according to the color of their skin in different classrooms and with different teaching materials. This is official. They have filed for the lawsuit. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's real. <laughs> I mean, this is what they do. And, and as long as they've got all kinds of billionaires who are willing to fund this kind of stuff, they're going to continue doing it. But so, exactly. so are, are these two teachers being sued or are the two teachers the, the litigants? The two teachers are the litigants, two white teachers. Right. So it's, it's like the Bakke case, if I'm remembering this correctly, the, the white guy who wanted to get into the University of Michigan Medical School back in the day. This was like back in the 70s or 80s and uh, sued because he was... He, he was the, at, the, at the cutoff. He was the one last person who didn't get in. And he said because of affirmative action at University of Michigan, some black guy got his seat and, uh, you know, and therefore and took it to the Supreme Court. And, you know, they, I mean, they're, they're always looking for these we are the victim cases where they can prove their victimhood and then take it up to the Supreme Court if they, if they possibly can. It sounds like that's exactly what this is, Vicki. I have no doubt, but this is in Cook County, Illinois, Chicago, Illinois, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, I have no doubt that the whole thing is a fabrication. But whatever they've got out there, um, my brother, who's like a devotee of Amy Goodman, is the one who called me concerned about what was going on, not understanding the larger political game that's going on here. Right. Yeah. And, um, so the question is, what do we do and how do we prevail? And I think it really a lot of it comes down to we have to keep talking to each other and sharing these bits of information, even though it's exhausting and mm -hmm. tiresome. Sometimes. We have to keep talking to each other um, because they they are relentless. Oh, yeah. And they well, have no qualms about lying, no qualms about playing games in our court system. And I think at a certain point, a lot of Americans just uh, exhausting is is the perfect word, Vicky. I think a lot of Americans just go, oh, my God, I just can't deal with this anymore. I'm just going to check out. And th at, at that point, they've kind of won. Exactly. exactly. And, 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 and I think that that's their goal. I think their goal, you know, just like Chip Roy said, you know, the, the Republicans vol role and goal in the House and Senate for the next 18 months is to just drag out everything and don't let the Democrats accomplish anything. And, uh, you know, that will also exhaust people. And, uh, you know, people were, you know, we had such high hopes for Congress. And no, 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 no. Vicki, thank you for the call. Hi. And so it begins, right? My piece this morning, we, we quoted one of the vice presidents of Heritage Foundation saying, this will be bigger than the Tea Party. Well, apparently they're going to try and make it that way. You're listening to the Tom Hartman program. And of course, the Tea Party had dozens of lawsuits about how Obamacare and death panels and quack, quack, quack. None of them went anywhere. Well, actually, one of them got Medicaid gutted. Frank in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Hey, Frank, what's on your mind? I want to ask you a question about the First Amendment. Do I have a right to address my government? If I have that right, can I vote? The Supreme Court has been offered dozens of opportunities over the years to say just what you're suggesting, that the First Amendment right of free speech should mean that you have the right to vote, that the First Amendment right to petition your government for redress or grievance should, by implication, mean that you have the right to vote. I mean, you know, if you look through at, at all the, the hoops that the, that the uh, Supreme Court went through, wow. for example, to come up with the right wow. to get an abortion based on privacy. And some of them are fairly convoluted. A Ninth Amendment right to, to an abortion. And I'm in favor of Roe v. Wade. <laughs> but, but still, it was, they went, you know, okay, we're going to go down this road, then we'll go down that road, and then we'll go down this road. 
They could have done the same thing with voting rights. It would have been so easy based on, on the 14th Amendment, on the 15th Amendment, on, on the First Amendment, on multiple parts of the First Amendment, on the 27th Amendment, on the 19th Amendment. I mean, there's a bunch of places where the Supreme Court had said, okay, you have a right to vote in America if you're a U.S. citizen. But they have never said that. In fact, in the year 2000 in Bush v. Gore, they said the opposite of that. And that's one of the reasons why, in my opinion, we need to re radically reconfigure our Supreme Court because it has become basically a political instrument in the possession of the Republican Party that has worked pretty much exclusively to the disadvantage of American citizens. Gerald in San Antonio, Texas. Hey, Gerald, what's on your mind today? Just want to kind of comment on the racial... Critical thing. race theory? Uh, yeah. I'm a black man and um, kind of qualify or I, I uh, say myself to be African-American. I also, uh, on my mother's side, um, I'm, uh, my great-grandmothers, both of them were half indigenous. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, so the genocide committed against, uh, you know, the the black people and the uh, indigenous people needs to be taught, you know. Um, yeah. I don't understand why uh, all of this uproar, you know, it, it baffles me. I remember growing up in, in uh, elementary school and middle school, and, and they described the pilgrims and the Indians having Thanksgiving dinner together like it was... <laughs> It was hunky-dory, but, you know, that, that really wasn't what was happening. We really need to teach the truth. Yeah, and those Indians got slaughtered. And, yeah. uh, you know, and spot on, Gerald. I was, I was talking about this with a friend of mine in, in email yesterday. We had a, a long correspondence, and I kind of wandered into this whole history of Europe where, where uh, you know, the Central Europeans wiped out the indigenous people of Europe. Right, I mean, this is kind of white on white crime, as it were. Right, um, wiped out it wiped out the old languages, wiped out the old religions, tore down the sacred groves. They attacked my my grandfather's country, Norway, 700 years ago. Turned it Catholic. We found this uh, stone in the backyard of my grandfather's ancestral family house that's got all this writing on it that nobody can read anymore. I mean, this 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 idea of wiping out, literally wiping out cultures in in some cases, wiping out the people associated with them too. But at least cultural genocide, if not if not actual outright genocide, just this wild insanity that has come out of Europe over the last two thousand years is. Uh, just breathtaking. Now, uh, you know, there, I, I've recently read a, a history of kind of an abbreviated history of China, dynastic China. In some ways, it's kind of the same. And it's like ability of human beings to basically go insane and inflict insanity on other human beings is right. just and, so terrible. I have plenty of white friends. I don't I don't hate my white friends. I'm, I don't think my children would hate any of their white friends. Yeah. If they know the history, I mean, it's, I, I don't understand the uproar, you know. I think it's, it's just uh, political, really. But It is. It is. And, and, you know, the fact is that probably the vast majority of Republican voters, white Republican voters, don't know anybody who's black and are yeah. just bought into these cartoon characters, these, these cartoon images that the GOP yeah. is constantly trying to create of black people that are not accurate, that are not honest, but have a political purpose. So, Alejandro in Miami. Hey, Alejandro, what's up? I guess how the Democratic Party can assert itself and have, I guess, metaphorical balls here. I think it, it needs to do what Mitch McConnell does, is have more party discipline. Like, why mm -hmm. is Kristen and Joe Manchin getting in the way of the Democratic Party being a successful party? I don't get it. Even the Democrat selfish interest should be like, hey, we want to beat the other party, so we're going to do everything we can to appeal you know, get more voters and win the next election. Like, why would they allow these dissenters to handicap their party, you know, and not win? Like, isn't there the point of, them of political parties is to win, not to lose? They're going against their own interests. So here's my suggestion how to, you know, put Joe Manchin in line. I mean, these, these, these uh, non-maverick or whatever, however you want to classify these uh, senators, is, yeah, maybe you do a sweetheart deal, but then you tell them, look, if you're not going to follow along and get rid of the filibuster and help us out with passing these democratic priorities, we're going to primary you, just like what Mitch McConnell, you know, what Trump threatens to do with all the Republicans mm -hmm. that don't go, you know, don't go along with his agenda. These people need to be need to waken up to the fact that they're not being brave or maverick; they're just being corporate stooges. So uh, I think we need to really emphasize that point. You know, to the extent that 
devolves into a circular firing squad where it's Democrats attacking Democrats, I'm uncomfortable with it. But I do agree with your point, although there is a grain of truth to everything you said, I do agree with your point that it's time to start playing hardball with these folks. Joe Biden has a lot of things that he can offer to an individual United States senator that would make them salivate. And Chuck Schumer has an awful lot of sticks that he can use to beat them up with or things that he can withhold from them that they want. And it's time to start doing that. John in Boston. Hey, John, what's up? Here's the deal. The last time I spoke to you, it's been a while. I remember saying, facts don't matter, Tom. And God love you. Every day you speak facts and history, and we love you for it. But as, as I think we've seen, they've taken control of the message. And, and you know, whether it's Fox or, or uh, Newsmax or social media, now uh, uh, Fox bought uh, Houghton Mifflin Publishing, uh, Texas controls the school books. Anyway, what we need to do is do take go from their playbook. Appeal to emotions, core emotions. Get people mad. That's what got. That's I mean, a rich New York huckster businessman got Southerners and Midwesterners on board. Why? Because he created a villain. Stick it to the libs, and obviously the, the racism, and now you know the whole uh, critical race theory. My point is this. And I don't know how to do it, but what we need to do, and your caller Andrew earlier said, we need every day, you, everyone, get on a soapbox every day and tell people, not don't point fingers, but say, we, we've all been played, we've mm -hmm. all been taken advantage of, okay, and we've all been distracted, and that's where the Dems can bring in the tabletop issues that God love them are trying to do, but people aren't listening to that. They need to feel like they've been taken advantage of and used and that's where the Lincoln Project is good. And if we can show clips or whatever of Republicans laughing at people's disadvantage or something like that, that's what we need to do. Because people don't like to feel like right. they've been You're being screwed by the billionaires in the health insurance industry and yes. they're laughing all the all way to the that. bank along with their Republican enablers. Uh, you know, exactly. you're being screwed by the by the crooks in the in the for-profit education industry and 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 crooks like you know Trump University and they're laughing all you the way to the bank. You wrote a book on it, Tom. Yeah, you wrote a book. Screwed. Actually, I did. Yeah, screwed. <laughs> and 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 yes, I, I I'm completely with you, John. And I I think your analysis is is spot on, and I think your prescription is a good one too. And I every look, day we have to do it. Yeah, yeah. And I look forward to and, and I do a fair amount of that on this program. You do. You I do. Try not you to do. Turn God this program into a complaint fest. I find, you know, whiny talk radio to be among the least appealing, yet we have to point these things out. John, thank you for the call. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at SCS. Dot georgetown dot edu slash podcast justin in lincoln nebraska hey justin what's on your mind today this critical race theory has got people stirred up out here okay trump supporters were down at our state capitol i think last week they showed it on the news and you know they were yelling and screaming you know no critical race theory in our school and you know our governor of our state uh this is his last year uh so uh he's going around on a tour from county to county doing uh town hall meetings on on critical race theory right. and also on uh, sex or health education you know abstinence only type stuff yeah anyways uh, they're encouraging republicans to call in uh to like the board of education or whatever to call into the school and you know voice their complaints and stuff you know and i i kind of went online and i checked out this stuff no, nothing nothing too radical or anything nobody's teaching critical race theory but uh no. the ones who you know they try to shut you down when you talk about it. Uh, they will say, uh, you know, to understand critical race theory, you need to understand critical theory. And, you know, to them, 
it's, it's like, well, it all boils down to the haves and the have-nots. And that makes you a Marxist. That makes you a communist. That makes you a socialist. They shut the conversation down right there. Yep. And, uh, you know, it just, it, you know, it, then they'll change the topic. You know, like they'll, they tried to, uh, our mayor, she's a Democrat here in Lincoln, uh, you know, they, they, they tried to pardon some of the Black Lives Matter uh, protesters. Or you could oh, say, God forbid. Yeah, or rioters. Anyways, yeah, no, that's why they want to get rid of it. You know, with the critical race theory thing, they're, they're afraid of, I think, losing their, you know, this, this illusion of power that they have. Uh, you know, these rich white people. And this I'm is not, not even know, like, fear, this. Justin. What, what's going on, the, the people who are promoting this, this is just the latest version of what they were saying in the 1950s when I was a little kid that if black people are fully integrated with white people, they're gonna take your job. And, and then in the 1970s and 80s, it was, you know, if, if uh, Im more immigrants come into the United States from South America, they're gonna take your job. And, and then, it, well, actually in the 70s during the women's revolution, it was if women are allowed into the workforce, they're going to take your job. You know, it, it's constantly we have the, the basically the, the, the agents of the ruling class, the conservatives, the Republican Party mostly, um, telling us working people who we should be afraid of. And it's, I mean, that's really what it is. Yeah, uh, thanks, for, thanks for taking my call. I mean, you really hit the nail on the head with everything you're talking about today. So th thank yeah. you. Thank you, Justin. I mean, it's, it's just, this is just an old trick. They've been doing this thing forever. It has worked for them over and over and over again. It will probably it is working for them again. I mean, you don't get laws passed in 23 states like that over nothing. This is an enormous effort put together by the Murdoch family. You know, the the, the billion the, the media billionaires and the and the fossil fuel billionaires. I mean, you just got a whole bunch of billionaires uh, working on this thing. Clay in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Hey, Clay, what's on your mind today? What prompted my call was the caller earlier that was talking about the couple of coaches in Illinois in a, some kind of a lawsuit or something. No, it was uh, um, high school teachers who, who are suing yeah. and saying that, uh, uh, well, I, I haven't seen the lawsuit, so I don't want to characterize it, but uh, a, a right. couple well, of right-wing teachers. Mentioned, you know, it, it's something about, you know, critical race theory is involved. And the, the problem is people don't know what critical race theory is. It's a, it's a college-level course for law students uh, that takes a critical look at how laws and policies have affected, you know, blacks in the past. Well, it not just blacks, how they've affected do. everybody, but how they've affected it based on right. race. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. And, it, you know, it's not some thing, some new thing. It's been around since the 70s. Yep. And, you know, it, it, people need to know this because it's just some some punk went on Fox News and said, oh, they're teaching critical race theory to fourth graders or something, you know. And so then it, that's yeah, how. Which is just a lie. There's it, critical race theory is not taught in any public schools in America, period. Full no, stop. No. Um, and nor would it ever there may be. be racial and, issues that are discussed. Well, this is, you know, this is what they're I mean, actually afraid of, Clay. You know, critical race theory is a straw man. What they're really afraid exactly. of is that young people in America are going to learn the actual history of America and are going to start mm -hmm. turning to their elders and saying, now tell me again why you've got a statue of Nathan Bedford Forrest here. <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah. it's, it, like, it's like they're replacing the word history with critical race theory. Exactly. And they just don't want they don't want the genocide of Native Americans taught because, hey, maybe we should maybe we should do something about that or maybe we shouldn't replicate that or maybe we should learn from that. They don't want the history of slavery taught, the, the true history of slavery taught in the United States and what it was like and what these people survived and 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 didn't survive, frankly, so many of them. Uh, critical race theory BS. You know, I mean, they've literally taken a phrase from academia assigned a completely different meaning to it that only faintly resembles even the context of the discussion around it, turned it into a thing, passed laws against it in 23 states, gotten hysterical about it, got Fox News talking about it over 100 times in every half a day. Right-wing Hague radio is all over it. We'll see if it sticks.
I mean, they tried this in 2012 with Obama. We'll see if it sticks. And meanwhile, you've got, you know, Democrat, uh, Republicans, uh, you know, coming like Chip Roy, you just coming right out and saying, yeah, you know, here's our strategy. Our strategy is to delay, to pretend to collaborate in order to delay, you know, as, as Henry VIII said, you know, what's, what's the one What's the one thing? If you lose it, you can never get it back. Time. We are going to burn time. And it's the Democrats' time, because the Democrats are in charge of the Senate right now and the House. So we're going to burn their time. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.